0: Hello and welcome to another episode of We Ain't Got No Podcast. We Ain't Got No History's official podcast, the one and only. I'm your host Jimmy Funnel, and as always, I am joined by my wonderful host, my co-host, um, Ram. Ram, hi. It's been hi. a long time. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it feels that way with the international break. It certainly does. Yeah, I guess it does. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing?
1: Uh, I've been watching a lot of League One and League Two, so, you know, couldn't be better. Spiffing. The usual stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and today we are very proud to welcome another community member, one that has been around for, well, I remember always, and has been, yeah. he's a very well-liked and prominent member of the community, A.M. Lang, also uh, known as Alex Lang, if I'm not mistaken. Welcome yeah, but, to the I, podcast, mate.
2: Hi, thank
0: you for having me. It's great to be here. I mean, it's apart from as we've already spoken, Joe also Joe Tweedy having been on, you're the first Brit also gracing this podcast. Very good to hear the accent, mate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we finally outnumber Ram. <laughs> <What>?
0: <laughs> I'm sure Ram can do his best impression of a British accent just as well. I mean, but Right around, yeah, let's not go there. Yeah, let's, let's not go, go there. there. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, for today, as always, we will be briefly introducing the member, as I really am looking forward to. Um, I just love that segment, and we will also be talking about less positive topics. Um, it has to be addressed the injury crisis, it will be the main point of discussion today we will of course also look back at the international break which has been going on for what feels like ages and we will look ahead once again at the newcastle game where chelsea travels up north at the weekend but before that alex i mean how did you come to being a chelsea fan um You will, of course, have a different experience than other members that have been on the podcast due to living in the UK. And one thing that I also need to know is why do you like Olympic Lyon? (laughs) That that would be really intriguing to know.
2: (laughs) Okay, so I think we should start with Kelsey, I guess. Um, so, I think I was really lucky because the year I started supporting Chelsea was 2004. So, basically when it all started getting really good. Um, so, I, at that time, I was I didn't know anything about football at all. I was like nine years old, I think. And my friend came around on my birthday with his game of FIFA 2004. Wow. And yeah, so I really enjoyed that. So, I thought, oh, why don't I buy this game? So, I started playing. Uh, my local team is Portsmouth so I was playing as them not really knowing about any of the teams and obviously I was winning in the league as you do play an amateur when you're like nine years old but (laughs) yeah yeah, second place was Chelsea so I thought oh who's this team maybe I should try them out and yeah I really liked the team with like Lampard and Johnson, and Hasselbank they were so good on that game so yeah and I think the first game I remember watching was a game against Porto in the Champions League where we scored three goals and I just remember each time we scored a goal uh, I went out to my dad and was like this team scored another goal again I'm like this three times this has happened they're so good this is my favourite team now from now on that's, I'm going to support Chelsea so that's how it all started.
1: I think that's got to be the most offbeat origin story we've heard till now. <laughs> most unconventional for sure.
2: Well, I say I was really lucky because that's basically when it all started getting really good. And I, it's not like I chose Chelsea because I knew anything about football either. So yeah, just came across them.
1: Brilliant stuff. Um, so did you know what about-, about Leon? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, where, that's what I was getting at. No, but before, before we get to Leon, uh, more importantly, are you following Portsmouth in League One?
2: Uh, yeah, well, somewhat, actually. Um, a couple, not last season, but the season before, well, because obviously I live near there, a few of my friends are Pompey fans, so they have invited uh-huh. me to watch a couple of matches here and there. Um, obviously, actually, this season is not going very well, Compared to yeah. last season, where it was nearly promotion up to the championship. So I'm, I'm not really following it much at the moment, but maybe towards the end of the season, if they get towards the playoffs, then that would be good, hopefully.
1: Very fair weather review, I must say. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, to I- be I- fair. Uh, I must also ask you whether Matt Clark is the most graceful centre back you've ever seen in your life. The only possible answer is yes. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. He is. Really good, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, yeah. Now, enough of that uh, boring, not so boring league. Um, why don't Why don't you move on to your? You're um, You're also very well known for liking Leon. So,
2: how yes. about that? So, it's actually sort of the same reason as Chelsea, which is on FIFA. Um, Basically, there's not much to it, really, other than I really liked their team, especially players like Lacazette. And at that time, he was doing really, really well in league in real life. So, I started watching a few of their games and really liked their team and just went from there, really. Not much to it.
1: Okay. You are, I mean... You seem like a very invested Leon fan though. I mean, uh, I, I I I'm not going to say I like to, but then sometimes I just see your out outbursts on Twitter, and
2: it's just fast, fascinating, I guess. <laughs> probably, um, I'm on Twitter on Leon games because uh, I'm when, compared to Chelsea games. I'm actually not as fixated on it because during Chelsea games, I can't do anything apart from stare right at the TV. I can't yeah. go on Twitter and shout everything unless, like, Eden Hazard scored like an amazing goal and that's happened a few times and Twitter has to know about that obviously.
0: <laughs> Letting Twitter know about uh, brilliant goals is something that often one thinks yeah this is a good idea but once one concedes a goal you know then <laughs> hmm, why did I do that? <laughs> I've I came across that quite a few times but I, I absolutely get why one does it. Um, yeah, okay, that, that's quite interesting. I mean, if if we just take one player from Lyon, who would you say could immediately help Chelsea at the moment? Well,
2: at the moment, um, well... You're, know, it's not say be... You're not allowed uh, say I, not. Well, I probably <laughs> wouldn't, actually, Um, just because <laughs> of Mount Loftus-Cheek. Oh, yes, yeah, good. That's mm-hmm. I yeah. Um, I... At the moment, probably. I mean, it's difficult to say because we're doing really well. Chelsea are doing really well at the moment, um, and and Leon's defense is not good either. You know, um, you,
1: you know, you know about how Chelsea could do with a better winger. Um, I wonder, I wonder who, who Leon have in those positions.
2: Hmm. Well, the, yeah, the best winger is Pi,
1: but um, yeah, um definitely she... not getting at. Maxwell corner or anything though.
2: No, no. no. <laughs> uh, and Depay can't really play on the right-hand side either, which would be ideal, because that's what we need really. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess the player is Moussa Dembele, even though... Oh my God. Uh, Abraham, come on. I know Abraham is doing really well. but and I'm not going to say he would come in and improve him, but he would be an improvement to the squad, for sure.
1: Well, you're not going to say Bertrand Traore?
0: because um, no. he wouldn't be an improvement at this moment
1: would i have he? been i have been coaxing you to get that answer for like two minutes now um,
2: are you so <laughs> have you not seen my opinion on him recently Dan? yeah I actually, I actually have
1: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> actually, you, you've always had...
1: been the one to keep us grounded when Traore scores a goal then you'll be like nah he actually had a pretty uh pretty average game that's you've done that many times <laughs> yeah
2: he had a good first season um but uh, he just sort of fell off. And even though he does get a goal every now and then, his overall play is pretty poor, to be honest. So that's why I wouldn't have him back here. Sad trombone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got a point.
0: Now, we've already got enough wingers that have these inconsistencies. We don't need another one, <clears throat> if you ask me. I think... Musa Dembele sounds like a quite intriguing pick. You need another striker because, let's face it, Olivier Giroud's going to leave. I mean, I, I can't see how he won't leave. And Mishibashwai always seems to be thought to leave for one reason or another. So I think Musa Dembele will be a good pick. Yeah. No. Um,. And that will actually also bring us to the next segment because we're going to combine this now. We had the internet, or is are still having the international break while we are recording. England will still play later on. Um, But we have unfortunately recorded loads of injuries, uh, buckets of injuries. One could even say. I'm actually. anxious to even open Twitter nowadays because <laughs> I just know someone's going to be injured again uh, Andreas Christensen has become injured Mateo Kovacic has been injured And Golo Kante was curiously injured that was a, quite a weird situation with Didier Deschamps that's uh, what we're going to do <laughs> I mean did anyone even enjoy the international break as a result
2: no, <laughs> not at the moment. Anyway,
1: do you ever really enjoy international breaks, though? Is the overarching question.
0: Yeah, probably not. But I mean, there's. Well, I mean, it depends. You know, it's always. It was good to see Mouse Mount make his international debut.
1: Yeah, it was. You know what? It wasn't cool to see. It wasn't cool to see so many people hating on him for no reason. I'll say that. Uh Just because he's like. Not, I mean, yeah, he he probably didn't have the best game, but then, uh, yeah, reactionary Twitter, you had to see it. Uh, anyway, that's that's kind of besides the point, I guess. It was it was cool to see Mason Mount make his, his England debut. I think it was very much well deserved. I hope you guys agree with that. You have no choice but to. Um, but it was it was also cool to see him start with Declan Rice. And do you, I mean just just on a tangent? Do you think? We're going to see a lot more of Chelsea in the England squad. Uh, I I know Abraham didn't, I mean, he only got on for like the last three minutes or so. But we have Tomori in the squad. We have Mason Mount. We have Abraham. We have Barkley, who is a Chelsea player. But you know know how in every age group squad that you see, right, from like the under-16s to the under-21s, there's like a heavy, really heavy Chelsea presence. And could this finally be the time there? Uh, you know, that's going to translate over to senior level because that would be so cool. Like, uh, we, we have Loft- Loftus-Cheek coming back, and he's, I mean, he in theory, he's a key part of that squad. And then there's Rhys James on the verge. And Hudson-Odoi wasn't even in the squad this time. We're talking about, like, seven players. Mm. And that's, like, a third of the squad. So, hmm. What do you guys think of that? Alex?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, So many different names out uh, who... Are playing, uh, whereas Mount and Barkley are playing the same position. They're both in the squad as well, and with uh, Hudson and Doyle, uh, who will be playing even more for us in the coming uh, uh, weeks. Will be coming back. It's definitely on the way up for us. Back to when we had like Terry, Cole, Lampard, Joe Cole, Ashley Cole. Um, That was a great time as well.
0: Mm. Uh, will will that also help this Chelsea squad, though? I mean, we saw it with the injuries. <sighs> will it just not put pressure on on these 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 kids that are continually being used? That's what I'm thinking. I mean, I know international football is part of the game, but
1: uh, yeah, makes sense.
0: That's to ask oneself, eh.
1: Yeah, and then like you, you don't want them to suffer burnout either. That was actually something I was a bit, a bit worried about about uh, with regards to Mason Mount, and I kind of hope he doesn't start the next game because uh, he's been playing like every single game. He was available to play for right from like Derby County to Chelsea, and yeah, that's that's something of a worry I harbored last season as well because Frank Lampard just kept having him in the side last season uh, and he just didn't rotate him and that may or may not have been why he picked up that injury against Accrington Stanley and that was a game he shouldn't have been playing in so yeah I mean uh, I think games need to be managed for young players especially ones that play so many games so yeah and national break kind of sucks for them. it's also it's also you know you have that warm fuzzy feeling of seeing a lot of Chelsea players on the squad, you know, like like times of old when you had Ashley Cole and Joe Cole. And yeah, but yeah, uh, talking about Burnout, we did have injuries, as you alluded to, including Ethan Ampadu, who. Uh, well, it was a head injury, wasn't it? So I'm, I'm hoping he'll be okay. Um, I like head injuries are obviously no joke, but I'd like to think that it's not long term and. He'll be back soon. And he was, I mean, he was away from the squad and he needs his situation reassessed anyway. But I think um, might we have a bit of a problem in the midfield because we have Conte, who's probably still not fully fit yet and Kovacic got injured and Jorginho's okay, I think. So, uh, Alex, do you think that we could see the unlikely return of Billy Gilmore to the matchday 18 in the next the next matchday squad because assuming you might not have Kovacic and you might not have Conte.
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely to the squad, I think. I think if um, Mount, Barkley and Jorginho are all fit, I think they'll all start even if Mount is suffering a little bit because, um, as you were saying, he does play all the time and it's, it's important as well that he gets rested because he is a high energy player as well. So it's difficult that we do have to really use him all the time at the moment but um, I think that's what's going to happen and yeah, Billy Gilmore will probably come onto the bench
1: Fair enough
0: Yeah I I think that's already a big one I'd like to see that of Billy Gilmore Uh, whether he actually plays will have to be or remain to be seen but
2: I think it'll be a good opportunity against uh, Newcastle at home um mm. to come on and get some in- minutes like uh if, if you want to pick a game that's probably a good one to choose I'd say
0: Yeah that that makes sense that makes sense Makes sense uh I mean I don't expect him to be uh getting too many minutes though despite you know, the injury crisis um barkley just seems to be starting out let's, let's face it yeah it's, it's, just, just it's just how
1: things are playing out isn't
0: it <laughs> i mean with uh with i don't know why well i do know why actually but i'm just not too confident with a midfield of some a, a mace mount that has been playing a lot um ross barkley that has been quite inconsistent and Jorginho, who has been fantastic but if he doesn't get any help in the midfield you know he can't do everything we know that you know he can be defensively frail if you know he gets overrun which to be fair very few midfielders are able to cope with barring for example Angelo kante so I mean there would be no no well no Reece James is injured Andreas Christensen's injured both who could theoretically play in midfield won't be able to play there
1: How long is Christensen off for
0: I don't actually think we know yeah it hasn't oh, been yeah. officially stated how long he will be
1: All right
0: um well, yeah
1: I mean, for, for, for what it's worth, I don't think it's as bad as we might be making it out to be. Because uh, worst case, you still have you have Mount available, you have Barkley available. You have, I mean, I'm guessing Kovacic's injury wasn't too serious. So he might miss maybe a couple of games at most. So you have Jorginho, who's like vice captain and an important figure on the pitch now. So that's probably going to be our midfield three for the next game. Or he might switch to a 3-4-3 or something. Because you have to you have Rudiger coming back, and you have Zuma, so it's it's not so bad. I think that we're just we're sacrificing a little rotation when ideally we could be rotating. So that's that's as bad as it gets. But it's it's not it's not like crisis level bad yet, is what I'd say. And uh, when when you're talking about Reece James, I just thought that I'd add that it wasn't it wasn't that serious an injury. It was on the same ankle that he injured. Um, it wasn't the same ankle that he injured uh, when he had that injury that kept him out until September, or, uh, but it's it's said to be not severe and he's he's supposed to be back in training this week, so that should be yeah, not so bad I guess.
0: So, I mean, you say mention Rudiger comes back. You now, this question to, to Alex here. Uh-huh. Um, Rudiger came back a few weeks ago and he immediately injured himself. We've had this problem with Angolo Kante as well. Is, does it make sense immediately rushing Rudiger back? I mean, we have Tomori, we have Zuma. Um, in theory, Zuma has played in the midfield. I hope to never see that again. Um, but, you know, if we do have this crisis, um, could, could we see Rudiger get rushed back? And could that, could that also be a big hazard again, because then he might get injured straight away again? Has Lampard mm-hmm. done something wrong in this respect, maybe?
2: I think maybe, um, yeah, that, that was possibly an error that he's made with Rudiger and N'Golo Conte at so far. Um, but obviously, with Conte being so important, he's obviously felt that he's had to put him in the team. I think um, with Zuma at the moment, because obviously we've got Tamori, but next to him, Zuma. I think he's okay for now, such that we don't need to rush Rudiger back at the moment, and maybe just give him a little bit more time to make sure we're 100% certain that nothing else is going to go wrong and that he's really ready.
0: So, you'd say... Fault Lampard to a certain extent, yes or no?
2: Um, I would say, I mean, with, with really we don't really know because it only happened once, yeah. Um, how he really was before the Wolves game. Um, so we can't really say for that. But with Conte, maybe it, it's happened multiple times, I think. Um he's got injured. Um, so maybe it is a bit of his fault and maybe. Deschamps' fault as well. He maybe wasn't fully fit during the international break, but I don't think we can really say too much about that. Didier Uh, Deschamps,
1: we need to talk about that, man, you know. (laughs) Because, yeah, um, although we will get to that after a short break, but we really do.
0: (laughs) Okay, and we are back. Uh, Ram mentioned the uh, (laughs) Didier Deschamps. Statements which came out, I think it was two days ago, approximately, where basically he was saying, uh, Well, if we're going to play Kante, then maybe Giroux should play for Chelsea. So that in that mold, if I'm not mistaken, which is a bit ridiculous. Uh, uh, it's kindergarten, basically. uh I personally like Didier Deschamps. I think he's a pretty fun coach to watch. Uh, I liked him as a Chelsea player back in the day. Um, but, yeah, kind of a D move, <clears throat> if you know what I mean. So, what 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 should our reaction now be? Because Lampard's basically doing what he thinks is best for the team. It's been working because Tammy Abraham has been on fire um
1: and choice second choice i guess as he has seems.
0: been doing well yeah he he's scored he's assisted uh he's doing well on you know national team uh level but uh yeah you know how should chelsea be solving this problem because i think it's a big difference that has been made what what do you guys think
1: yeah i mean um i'm i'm kind of Kind of struggling to see where, when exactly Giroud fits into the picture because um, I don't know if Lambert is going to have two strikers on the bench every game. I know he did on a few occasions, but and then Giroud fell ill, and we don't really know what what went down. But uh, we're in we're in three competitions that'll become four by December, so I know that Giroud will definitely start in the cups, but. Well, I mean, I, re- I don't really see him getting back into the first team as a regular starter because I don't think I don't think Tommy Abraham is going to slow down at any time now. I think he's. This is a good age for him to be playing a lot of minutes, and it's not like he's 18 or 19 years old and he's going to burn out. He's used to. He's used to like two seasons of regular football. He's played two championship seasons. Let's not forget. So it's 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 more of a case of. How long is Giroud really gonna be here? That's how I see it. Because Bachway has been in like decent nick as well and he's he's looked really hungry when he's been brought around to score. So unless unless or unless Olivier Giroud does something really outrageous, like he three like three, three, four goals in the next cup game against Man United. Um I, I don't I don't see him having a real way back. Although although I do believe the Lombard will give people chances based on their performances and training and everything. That meritocracy will continue to be there, but then, if if a player keeps performing in actual games, then he's not he's not going to put them out either. So, uh, for me, I only see this ending one way, and that's Shiru uh, leaving. I guess uh, it, it may not. I mean, you may, you may not agree with me, but I think he might leave as soon as January because he's he's obviously not happy with the situation. And why should he be? So, and he will have no dearth of suitors. There'll definitely be some clubs back in France. In oh, least yeah. calling. Yeah, so. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I think. Uh, Alex, what about you?
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think um, he's probably going to leave, um, whether it be at the end of the season or in January, depending on what he wants. I think even in the cup games, I would want... Batshuayi as our second striker to be starting those, to be honest. Um, yeah. And make most of his time. And rather than if Lampard doesn't think that um, Giroud is um, part of his tactical game plan compared to Batshuayi, then I don't see why he should start the cup games just because he wants to play. Well, like Batshuayi. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Bashoai wants minutes as well, right? He's not Jerry's
1: not the only one. I mean, I th- I thought I thought he might get like the FA Cup game for sure, and Bashoai might get the EFL Cup, something like that.
0: The yeah, thing is, Jerry well. hasn't got his chance after the thrashing we got against Man yeah. United, right? He got his yeah. chance, he didn't take it. Bashoai, when he has been given the chance, he's been doing well. Even though a lot don't agree with that sentiment, but he he's been doing well. He's scored a goal. He's assisted. You know. It also makes sense to nurture him because if he is to be our backup, whether he really is, you know, happy with that situation, uh, long term, I doubt. But um, it makes sense because we're going to get a lot of money for him if we do sell him and he's in good form. Um, But, you know, Giroud, I I agree that he will have his suitors. But (laughs) I mean, realistically, how much are we going to get for him? Maybe a few mil if we sell him in january but that's about it you know and as a result it makes perfect sense to say okay uh we'll we'll sell Giroud now and because he's not happy get something out of it and then uh well I, i don't i don't know who if we'd get a third striker in in january or you know if we are able to buy someone or if we just Go with those two. Well we will have to wait and see about that. But generally speaking, I, there's no point in Drew staying. Also, maybe Didier Deschamps will actually get off our back then, <clears throat> um, and not field a half-injured Cante. Yeah. Um, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess.
2: But yeah.
0: I mean what do do you guys actually think that we'll be able to buy because if the injuries continue as they have been uh we could desperately be in need of someone to come in in January, especially as Lampard doesn't seem to trust Christian Pulisic as of yet I'm not saying he doesn't trust him at all, but you know at the moment difficult for christian so yeah what 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 do you guys think alex
2: um do you think that um sorry
0: no problem do you
2: think that we're going to buy in january
0: and we'll be able to buy in january yeah just a hunch maybe and i know it's impossible to say whether or not we will be able to actually buy but what's your what's your feeling
2: well i think really well i can't say obviously what is going to happen but i think um we don't really actually need to that badly to be honest even if um as you were saying about sick even if Lampard doesn't fancy him or whatever, um, we've still got other players until at least the end of the season when we know we are going to be back on the transfer market. And maybe if we can't buy in January, then it means we have to say to Giroud um, and other players if they might want to leave, can you just wait until the summer? Fair I point. think it's as simple as that, to be honest. And Because when you look at our squad depth is actually quite good even though we do have a lot of injuries at the moment we are still just about coping hmm. which is due to our squad depth thanks to all of the loanies that have come in and the youth players
0: quite yeah but yeah. is that enough depth that that's the question that I'm asking myself I mean not quality uh, quantity wise but quality
2: wise I think during this season until the end of the season it will be and with this season being almost less pressurized because of the circumstances of the transfer ban and it being Lampard's first season, then maybe that will be okay until next year. I think. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's that's reasonable.
1: Yeah, I, I, th- I think we'll be fine. It's. Uh... If nothing else, you know, if it's if it's stuff like not trusting sick or whatever, it, it's just it's just going to be a baptism of fire, you know. We're we're okay as a squad. It's just, and, and this is a pretty unsustainable run of injuries, to be fair. If it, it, I don't think it can get as bad as you know Louis Louis Van Gaal man United territory where he had to end up playing like Bothwick Jackson and Tom Thorpe or you know Paddy yeah. McNair in defence. So. I Legendary think, Paddy
0: McNair, yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, you know what? The guy who started with with Paddy McNair on his debut, Tom Thorpe. He he was playing in. He is playing in India like right now, and that that's just yeah, very random and weird. But yeah, I don't think we're going to see anything like that at Chelsea. I think we'll mostly be fine. But there there was something uh, I wanted to bring up uh, with you guys because I was. I was looking at Kovacic's injury today and I was, I was just thinking about how, how important he is or isn't to, you know, to our system, whether it was this season or last season. And we, we all talk about how good his dribbling really is or his ability to carry the ball. And that's actually really well backed up by numbers. You know? So I was, I was just having a look at something called a progressive carry. So it's this metric that measures... How many times a player advances in the opposition half with the ball? So you don't necessarily have to dribble past a player. You can just, you know, like when Ruben Loftus Cheek just bulldozes through the pitch. That's uh, that, that's what you're thinking of when you're thinking about a progressive carry. So I was just looking at Kovacic stats compared to the rest of the Premier League midfielders. He's actually among the best. Like there's there's no one in his territory when you're talking about people who make those carries. He makes like seven or eight of those carries per game. And he also retains possession like among the best in the league. Like the the only ones near him are like De Bruyne and Eric Lamella. So he's, he's, he's definitely one of the best dribblers in the league. And I feel that we don't give Mateo Kovacic enough credit because he hasn't scored goals for club or country since like 2016 or 17 or something. But I think that Lampard is on his way to getting the best out of him, because he's enabling him to get, I mean, he's enabling him to make the best use of his skill set, and that, that's something I kind of predicted before the season started, and I like the fact that it's being reflected in the numbers, but I mean, now now it, it sort of depends on, do you guys, do you guys think that marries with the eye test, like, I think it does, like, we may see a lack of a end product from Kovacic many a time, but then... Um, there's no doubting that he's a pretty essential component of us progressing up the field, whether that's just by his sheer ability of progression by carrying. Like, What, what do you guys think of how he's been so far, and how much are we going to miss him if he misses, like, say, two or three games?
0: Take it away, Alex.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think he's really useful, especially when teams are pressing us, and he's really good at breaking from that and breaking forwards in back into their defence. Um, where he's not been for the last few weeks right guaranteed in the first 11 we're not going to miss him as much as we might um, do for Engolo Conte, but um, the fact that Conte is injured as well, possibly, um, yeah, we will miss him because he does also bring bit more defensive solidity than the likes of ross barkley uh-huh so yeah, i think is, we is that miss is that
1: because you feel that barkley is just generally looks a lot more languid in his body language that that's 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 what i find mostly shapes my perception of barkley's defensive ability as compared to like kovacic yeah i
2: think he's good at also similar to Loftus-Cheek in using his strength to get the ball off of people but often when he, he's not great at tracking back like Kovacic and also timing like Kovacic either I don't think, and being he's aggressive. Hmm. Yeah, when, that, that, yeah.
0: No, no, please continue, please.
2: No, Suppose you could make the argument for a, a, attacking as well. He could be a bit braver for going forward, but because he, he has the uh, skills to go forward and score goals, and which he doesn't show really as much for us, as he could. But yeah, he could bring a bit more bite, which Kovacic does bring, I think.
1: Yeah. Fair. Very fair. mean, you know what? Um, I was so so when I saw that metric, I was I was surprised, right? Because uh, the next. The next step to look at, you know, someone when you see that they're really good at progressing the ball up the pitch. And, you know, I I was looking at carries to zone 14, which is the zone just behind the penalty area Mm. and into the penalty area itself. So evidently he's good at carrying the ball in there and he's good at retaining possession as well. But then a lot of us chide him for his lack of end product. So then I also looked at forward passes that follow these carries, you know, like when you when you finish the carry, what's your next action? Do you make a forward yeah. pass, or do you just you know play it back, like like Pedro does, um, and he was actually among the best there as well. So I don't I don't know what it is that goes missing. There's something that definitely goes amiss when you're watching games, right? Like all of us can't be wrong. So what do you, what do you diagnose as you know his his one big flaw that is holding him back from being like this really elite midfielder? Because that's what it feels like to me.
0: One flaw. I think it's difficult to, you know, pinpoint a specific characteristic that Kovačić has. Well, I would say that makes him an incomplete player. I mean, the obvious one would, of course, be what you already mentioned: he doesn't score goals. He doesn't really assist too frequently. But you know, arguably that's not necessary if the forward players are doing their job as well as last year in Sari's situation at LCM, um, which in now's situation would be Mason Mount. Um, what has contributed so much to our, our, you know, quotation mark success this season uh, is that we have had p- uh, players like Kovacic that can bring the ball forward and then feed the likes of Mason Mount or William or whoever. Um, I mean, it does happen that, similar, not not as frequently as with Ross Barkley, but I would say that he does tend, well, not 10, but he can switch off at times. You know, I, I have had situations where I was cursing him because he just lost the ball far too cheaply. But, you know, that can happen to anyone, basically. And I wouldn't hold it against him because, you know, compare that to the likes of Pedro or... William or um Ross Barkley who've done it far more often than him and that's 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 not as bad so i I, I couldn't actually tell you which would be my biggest problem was with Mateo Kovacic uh, apart from as said the one with maybe not providing as many assists as he could i don't know if that's a satisfying answer but i, I I can't really give you a, a proper proper conclusion yeah, no. here. It's, that uh, makes sense. And, and
1: it, it kind of, of fits in with the Radio Kovacic as well, right? You can't really put your finger on the thing that is holding him back, I guess. I, I mean, I, it's probably just down to a lack of end product at the end of the day, like in I, terms of palpable end product that
0: we that's can see. Why?
2: Yeah,
0: uh, if he yeah. would score, let's say he'd scored two goals this season. I remember there was one chance where you'd say, damn, you know, had he scored that, wow, um, then things might be looking completely differently. You know, then we'd say, oh, great, he's got it all this season, blah, blah, even if he's only scored two goals or something like that, you know, only two goals. It's it's a very shallow world in regards to football and opinions drastically change from one moment to the other i can remember in the summer we were all contemplating should we even buy him you know ah, uh, he's not really that good enough is if he pay if he costs under thirty thousand uh, 30 million euros let's get him otherwise no thank you but he's turned out to be a, a a bargain you know he he's quality depth at worst he's been great when he's on the field if you ask me and also your your stats underline that so you know i think i think we we should just take him the way that it is he is and we've got enough depth in midfield and enough quality um yeah but not yeah. need anyone like uh, Awa if i pronounce him correctly because we yeah. mentioned him before. um but yeah so i i think that that should be fine in that regard yeah no. and he will be missed sense. on on, on, on Saturday. I think we, we, we should maybe come to that game on Saturday because yeah, we probably have should. been talking a lot about injuries and yeah. so on. Uh, we will take a short break and then we'll be back with our preview of Newcastle.
1: Right. So Chelsea's next Premier League match, which is on the 19th of October,
0: is at Stamford
1: Bridge and it is against Newcastle United who are, I mean... <laughs> You, you, might, you might remember Newcastle United for a number of different reasons. The best reason <laughs> being that they started two midfielders named Longstaff and one of them beat Man United all on his own. But uh, that, that's, uh, that's not what I was actually alluding to. I was alluding to all these tussles that Chelsea have had with Newcastle in the past, like, you know, uh, Papi's, Papis Cissé just coming out of nowhere and defying physics. And uh, Musa Sissoko and Johan gufran just taking Andy apart... Carol. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just crazy. Like you, you just see two players they've signed from league, uh, and they just they just came and took us apart at Stamford Bridge. Uh, no, I think that was at Saint James Park. But yeah, anyway, that's it's just it's weird, you know. Um, I I remember Kevin Babu playing like two games for Newcastle. One of them was against Chelsea, and then he was so good, and he left the club and he went to Young Boys, and now he's good again. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I I am I am digressing horribly over here. So yeah, we're playing Newcastle at Stamford Bridge, and they're they're not so good right now, even though they have a former Chelsea player, Christian Atsu, and they have beaten Man United, but at the end of the day, they're just not that great. They do have a lot of good players, but I feel that their problem is they're not they don't use them nearly as well as they should be. They're not using them the right way. All these players like Joe Linton and Miguel Almirón um, were so good, but I think I think a little wasted by Steve Bruce. So. Um, so yeah uh, Alex do you think that we should be wary of another physics-defying goal uh, for Newcastle well, United? I
2: think, <laughs> well I think in general um, those games have the worst has come at St. James's Park and generally at Stamford Bridge pretty yeah. pretty easy for us other than that crazy wonder goal bypasses as you say all yeah. those years ago that was crazy um, but I think what we do need Careful about especially with been injuries in midfield, the possibly them being on the counter attack with the like Saint Maxima and Almiron. Oh, yeah, um, good
1: point. I forgot Saint Maxima, he's, he's really, yeah.
2: really lethal on the counter, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. And if we've got a midfield of Jorginho, Barkley, and Mount, then that's possibly an area where they could hurt us, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we will probably, we do have to go all out attacking in this game that like just to outscore them, I think, which we definitely can do with our talent up front.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and you know, their the formidable midfield of M&S long staff is going to be you know, <laughs> pretty, pretty tough. <laughs> pretty, pretty tough. Um, yeah, formidable formidable opponents. Um, there the, There was another Newcastle incident on the very... Tip of my tongue. Oh yeah, of course. Josh McEachran. That's another thing I remember Newcastle United for. Completely different reasons, but that was still the best debut I have ever seen by a young player making his, you know, stepping onto the senior team. Josh McEachran against Newcastle and Van Aanholt scoring in that game. I don't know if you guys remember it, but that was one of the greatest games I've ever
2: seen in my life. Um, oh yeah, Van, I remember Van Aanholt scoring. Was that that was in League Cup, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, League Cup in 2010 or something. He scored an absolute belter. Yeah, that was that was that was crazy. That was yeah, those were the days, yeah. But um yeah, that was uh bygones. Uh Jimmy, what do you think of Newcastle? Do you think we're gonna thrash them or do you think we're gonna, you know, just, just beat them by like one goal? But we're definitely gonna win, aren't we?
0: You know this is your cue to say no. <laughs> IQ to say no. Yeah, so I don't think we will win that. No. I, I actually, I'm feeling reasonably confident this time around. I really don't rate Steve Bruce at all as a manager. He's absolute garbage. Wow. Well, okay. Yeah, nice. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't rate him at all. Uh-huh. Really don't. I think his methods are, let's, I even have to say, archaic. He's a dinosaur in this game, and you know he. His tactical flexibility in game management is, is bad, if you ask me. And I know they won against Man United, but that's just because Man United's worse at the moment, which is... and long
1: stuff. and long stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but point being, I think we, we can definitely win against them comfortably, um, despite despite us ha- having to deal with quite a few injuries at the moment.
1: Give me a score, but, lane.
0: A scoreline, Paul. I think we already mentioned predictions uh, in our yeah, last did. one, but yeah. you know, because we're gonna go, we've been a bit into that, more detail. That, this a
1: so- social experiment. Let's see how much it changes
0: from two, from
1: one week ago to now. I said
0: two, two one, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I think over- I
0: think I said it. two one, okay. so I'm not gonna change that too much. Maybe three one. Okay. Uh, because we're at I home, think... but that that's okay. about. Yeah. okay yeah. I, I I if I may just say one more thing yeah. um I do think that Newcastle at least partially has got the players and maybe I'm repeating myself from the last episode because I really do think Joe Linton is a good player he's just not clinical at all um that's always been his vice but yeah. you know this is the we're the kind of opponents where people like Joe Linton suddenly plays the game of his life so yeah. We have to be weary, without a doubt. Um, yeah. I I, I, I would like to see Billy Gilmer actually get some minutes, if possible, as um, uh, Alex, if I'm not mistaken, mentioned at the start of the podcast that, uh, you know, because the injury, or well, not start, but, you know, when we're talking about the injuries, that he might come on. But I just can't see that happening. I think Frank Nampard will have the safety first approach. Because the last time, if I'm not mistaken, Billy Gilmer came on to, you know, as a substitute in the Premier League was against Sheffield United.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And we know what happened there. Everyone on Twitter blamed Billy Gilmer for a draw, which was not even remotely his fault. So Yeah, have got to be
1: careful with the players.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I hope that doesn't happen at all. But yeah, I yeah. still think we're going to win despite the win- the injuries. Fair enough.
1: Yeah. Uh, and after, after Newcastle, we have Ajax... And that's going to be a really, really tough game, I think, because they they lost uh, Frankie De Jong and they lost De Ligt, who were there. I mean, who were their talismans, I guess. But then they still have Tadic, they still have Hakim Ziyech, they have uh, David Neres, and you know, they 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 bought some good players over the summer. So, yeah, it's it's going to be really tough, and it's in Amsterdam as well, uh, Johan Cruyffstad. So. I mean, I'm I'm less confident about that one. I think it's going to be a very open game because Ajax also play very attacking football, uh, very easy on the eye. But then they they will also leave gaps in their midfield. So yeah, that's that that should be an entertaining one. And it's also it's also like a couple of hours earlier than your standard kickoff. Just thought I'd mention that. And good to know. Yeah, I, I won't have to stay up till 2 a.m. watching that on a work night. So that that's amazing. And yeah, uh, I expect us to draw that. I'm, I'm, I don't see us winning in Amsterdam. So I'm going to say I'm going to gonna drop my prediction for that as a two-all because I think it's going to involve goals. And yeah, but, but we won't lose. That's what I think. Alex, what do you think about the Ajax game? Oh well,
2: yeah, I think it's going to be very really difficult. I think even after losing Probably their two best players. They have done better than I expected them to do so far this season. So, yeah, and being an attacking team and with our defensive frailties, definitely, we're probably going to concede one or two, maybe three, depending on how well we do. Uh, so, I'm hoping for a draw, to be honest. And yeah, I think to all, it's probably what might happen. And, yeah, I think that
0: would be a good result for us as well away from home. Yeah. What about you, Jim? I'm going to reserve my uh, prediction until the next episode because I want to wait and see what happens at the weekend because we might lose another few players, which just doesn't seem out of, you know, impossible at this point. So, Oh yeah, we're going to have another episode. We're going to have another episode, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because... If 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 I say now we're going to win or we're going to draw and then we lose, like, key players on Saturday, which unfortunately could be the case, then this is a side where that can prove extremely costly. So, pff, impossible to say at this point, uh, for me at least. So, I, I have to wait and see what happens. Generally, not too confident for that game because Ajax still a formidable side.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, that's all <laughs> we'll have time for today. <laughs> and Alex, it's been really good to have you on. Thank you for. Yeah. yeah it's, I'm sorry I couldn't get you on with um, Selin. <laughs> uh, that would have been that would have been great. But there was a misunderstanding that day, and hopefully we'll have the both of you on together next time. But yeah, it's been great to finally hear what you sound like. <laughs> after mm-hmm. years and years, and absolute, absolute donkey's years of seeing you in the community. You're probably like the oldest time yeah, we've had really on. Great. Yeah, And is there, do you, I mean, would you like to put your Twitter handle in
2: there for people to follow you? Okay, well, if you want to see screaming about football at random moments, uh, Alex <laughs> Lang, <20. laughs> and also just quickly, my prediction for Newcastle is 3-0 to us, even though I uh-huh. said they might... Be
1: good on the counterattack. Okay, that that's good. Good man, I like that. <laughs> so that was yeah, Alex Lang twenty two on Twitter. In yeah, so a lot of a lot of passive aggressive tweets about Leon. A lot of upside down smiley emojis. <laughs> I'm just going on your most recent tweet. So no, yeah. no, it's,
2: it's pretty much what it's like all the
1: time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So that's that's it on this episode of We and Godna podcast. We'll be back hopefully after beating Newcastle and looking forward to the Ajax game. This is Ram with Jimmy and Alex and we're signing off. Bye-bye.